like Christmas with loved one. Don't like snow any other time except when, if I was on a mountain skiing it, but uh, that's about it. But uh, why do we want a white Christmas? I mean, what, what is it? I, I think it's just something that we, we dream of a life that is perfect, amen? And, and we think that my dream of a, of a perfect Christmas is actually one that if I'm in the mountains in a cabin and I have this fire going in the fireplace, looking out uh, a big window out into the mountains drinking coffee and with my friends and family, that would be perfect. How many of you guys would agree with that? Amen? Yeah, we don't get that, do we? Anyway, um, but God's good. He, he definitely wants us to have a, uh, a good life and definitely wants us to have our dreams and everything. You know, 2016 is coming, whether you like it or not. <laughs> it's going to be here next week. And um, today we're going to be uh, talking about a few things. Actually, it's going to be a segue into a new series we're going to be doing, start talking about mission and uh, starting next Sunday. But um, um, January 4th, we start a 21-day of prayer and fasting. You know, one of the things I've learned, I've been in ministry since 1990. So over 25 years, I've been married to my beautiful wife, 24 years, be 25 years in May. And uh, it's been a perfect life. Amen. (laughs) But one of the things I found out in my life, what makes my life better is prayer. It's having a prayer, prayer life. And so I want to challenge you in, starting January 4th for 21 days to pray more than what you've ever done. To fast something, whether it's food or whether it's social media or social media or social media. <laughs> something like that. But fast something that you can, basically what's taking more of your time, fast that and give that time to the Lord. And, uh, and just begin to, 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 to just dwell in His presence and, and start asking Him things and start just saying, God, I'm taking these 21 days and I'm giving them to you. And I want you to do a work in me because I need to be changed. How many of you guys need to be changed? Everybody raise your hand. Everybody needs to be changed. And, uh, and what are your dreams for me, Lord? What do you have for me? What are your dreams for 2016? And so I want you guys to, to begin doing it. And next week, we're going to give you a pamphlet or a booklet and, uh, that you can actually have. You'll be able to download it online too. But um, that you can have to help guide you through this time. And uh, we're going to have some, you know, definitely times of prayer. We're doing a uh, 24-hour, or it's not really 24 hours. It's overnight prayer. 12-hour prayer that's going to be here on the 20th, 22nd. And, um, and so it's going to be something that's going to be an opportunity for you to come and just be a part. And us together as a family, as a church family, just saying, God, we're taking this part of 2016. We're dedicating to you to see what you will do, what you want, and what you desire and what you will do in my life and change my life for 2016. How many guys will, will do that with me? Just raise your hand. Amen. You're going to do it. And we're going to see God really move. I'm really excited about that. Amen. And um, so White Christmas is a lot of times a lot about what we dream about, what we pray about, what we want with this perfect life. And Jesus gave us something that was perfect. He showed his love to us. Amen. 
And no matter what you're going through this year, you know, 2016, whether you like it or not, isn't going to be a perfect year. You'll go through trials, you'll go through tribulation, you'll go through something because you're not perfect. And the people around you aren't perfect. And so, but this is one thing that always remains the same and something that you and I can always grasp on is 1 John chapter 4 verse 9. And he says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Now he explains what love is. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Amen. Aren't you glad about that? Aren't you glad that he gave it all for you and I to live? He gave it all for you and I to be forgiven. He gave it all for you and I to be perfect. Did you know you are perfect? Now, your flesh isn't perfect. Everybody look around. You can tell. But you are perfect inside. If you've given your life to Jesus, you are perfect inside. And that's what we is a struggle, is getting the perfect inside to become outside of us. And rule over us all the time. And that's why prayer is so important. That's why even this 21 days of prayer and fasting is so important. So we can have what's inside of us live on the outside of us and rule us more than our outside, our flesh, our mind, will, emotions ruling us. Amen? And so that's, he expressed, God expressed his ultimate love and it cost him everything. It cost him his son. It cost his son from living in heaven. He made the choice. No, I'll become a man. I'll become like them and live a perfect life so they can live, so they can understand perfection. They can understand what real life is. He was born to die. He was the only person ever born that was his specific purpose was to be born to die. And so how do we respond How do you respond to a love that was given to you like that? And this is a question we should always ask. How should I respond in every day, in every situation? And even through this 2016, how am I going to respond to the love that was given to me so freely, so sacrificially? How am I going to respond to that? Well, John tells us in 1 John 4, verse 11. Look at this. He says, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Okay, some of you didn't get that. So I'm going to read it again. In fact, let's read it all together. Is it up on the screen? Good, because I don't want to look behind me. Let's read aloud this. Ready, go. Dear friends. Just jab your neighbor for a moment. Okay, so this is how we are to respond to the love of God that was given to us. Is that we are supposed to love one another. This is what the whole Bible is all about. Experiencing God's love and then allowing that love to flow out of us. Showing the love that we have from God to each one around us. Love is really what life is all about. One day you'll be evaluated. Trust me, all of us will be evaluated on this issue. Your love for God and your love for others. It's the greatest commandment of all. That's what Jesus said. And life is all about experiencing the love of God. And that love is a gift. And that gift is supposed to be given back to other people. 
and showing that love. But here's the problem, and it's hard. Loving people is difficult. Why? Because people are difficult, aren't they? Even during this time of year, it's hard to love people. People aren't always nice. In fact, people give you a reason to hate them. You give people a reason to hate you. Because we're not perfect. We don't show that love all the time. And so how do we do that? How do we respond in the way the Bible tells us we should respond to the love of God by loving others? How do we do that? The Bible tells us a story, and you're all familiar with the story. You can go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 10. And this story is about three men traveling on a dangerous road from Jerusalem to Jericho. And they encounter a crime scene. And each respond to that crime scene in a different way. And it represents a lot of our choices, three choices we usually have in responding to other people. And these three attitudes we have towards other people. So if you're going to live a life that's responding out of love, you're going to have to choose the right attitude towards other people around you, especially those who are in pain or maybe people who are a pain. Either one, you're going to have to choose the love. Amen? And this is the first one that the attitude they have is that they kept their distance. In Luke chapter 10, verse 30 and 31, it says, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, When he fell into the hands of the robbers, they stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. And sometimes we're we're like that. That's our attitude. We think it's easier to stay clear and avoid people. And if someone's hurting, if someone's crying, we don't actually run to them. We kind of want to stay around. It's just, you know, go around them. Because if you're too close, you're going to get hurt. So they kept their distance. That's an attitude. The second attitude was they're curious but uninvolved. Luke chapter 10, verse 32. So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him pass by on the other side. A Levite represents the religious, religious people of that day. They pray for them but don't stop. Or they think someone else will stop. Oh, someone else is going to take care of them. You know, there's this an old lady who has a flat tire in the road. You know, someone else is going to come by. Or they think, oh, it's not my, my place. It's not my gifting. I'm not gifted that way. Or it's not my responsibility. So we're aware of someone's problem, but we're apathetic. So we just kind of go around. And then here's the other one. This is the one we should have, is that we treat others how I would want to be treated. In verse 33, it says, but a Samaritan... As he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. See, if we want to have a life that's full of joy, a life that's full of love, we need to love like Jesus did. And we need to love the others like Jesus did. And so that's what we need to do. We need to learn how to love others. And the good Samaritan here, he, he did it right. And he did four things. And that's what I want to talk to you about today, is the four things that he did right in loving people. Because in 2016, or even the rest of 2015, our job, our response to the love that God gave us is to love others. So how do we do that? How do we really, and I'm going to give you simple steps, how to love others, how we're going to be like Jesus. Number one 
is that we're going to see the needs of the people around me. Love always begins with the eyes, the way you see people. And so Luke chapter 10, verse 33 says, When he saw the man's condition, his heart went out to him. We have to train our eyes to see the real needs of people. In fact, right now, even in your row, there are hurting people, and you don't know it because they have a fake smile on their face. How many of you have ever had a fake smile on your face? My, my hand's up. I saw this uh, prayer a, a, few week, a few months ago, and, and I decided I was going to use it sometime, and I'm going to use it today. And It's an illustration prayer, but it's a different kind of prayer, so I want you to listen closely to it. Here it goes. It says, Heavenly Father, help us remember that the jerk who cut us off in traffic last night is a single mother who worked nine hours that day and was rushing home to cook dinner, help with homework, do the laundry, and spend a few precious moments with her children. Help us to remember that the pierced, tattooed, disinterested young man who can't make change correctly, is a worried 19-year-old college student balancing his apprehension over final exam with his fear of not getting his student loans next semester. Remind us, Lord, that the scary-looking bum begging for money in the same spot every day who really ought to get a job is a slave to addictions that we can only imagine in our worst nightmares. Help us to remember that the old couple walking unknowingly slow through the store aisles and blocking our shopping progress are savoring this moment, knowing that based on the biopsy report she got back last week, this will be the last year that they go shopping together. Heavenly Father, remind us each day all of the gifts you give us. The greatest gift is love. It's not enough to share the love with those we hold dear, Open our hearts, not just to those who are close to us, but to all humanity. And let us be slow to judgment and quick to forgiveness and patience and empathy and love. Amen. That's an eye-opening prayer, isn't it? There are wounded and hurting people everywhere. But we don't see it. I think one of the reasons why we don't see it is that we're too busy. We're too busy with our own lives. I tell you what, I love the American life. I really do. I've been all around the world, and there's no better place than America. Trust me. And if you're, you're, if you're from another country, I'm sorry. <laughs> but to me, there's no better place than America. But one of the things our culture does to us, it makes us too busy. And it makes us selfish. It's all about me. It's all about my problems. And how many of you in here have problems? And every hand would be raised, right? We all have problems. So it's all about us. It's all about me. It's all about me. And so we get busy trying to, number one, solve our problems or make our problems one. I don't know which one it is. But we're busy. And when we're busy with our own lives, we don't take the time to look around. Because hurry is the enemy of love. Hurry is the enemy of love. And so we don't take time to, to let the hurting, look at the hurting. And we're like that priest or that Levite. And we just walk around. And we don't have an impact on people's lives. 
See, if you're going to be a person who loves like Jesus loved and that he expects us to love, we're going to have to slow down. It's like the difference between driving in a car or riding in an airplane. In an airplane, you miss a whole lot. You do get there quicker, but you miss a whole lot. When you drive, you see everything. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 24 says, Nobody should seek his own good, but the good of others. So the first step in, in loving people is to put people on your radar. Allow the Holy Spirit who is inside of you to help you love other people. To help you see the need. To, to encourage other people, to pat them on the back. So put people on your radar. Look for the need. I want you to rate yourself. How do you fare in seeing people's needs? Rate yourself from one to five. One being worse, five being the best. And if you get a five, then you're probably Jesus. That's the only one who probably can. <laughs> but rate yourself. I mean, I need work in this. So putting people on your radar... Because this all starts with sensitivity to the needs of others. The second thing the Good Samaritan did was he, number two, is identified with people's pain. See, it's not enough to see it, but we need to identify it. In a sense, we need to feel their pain. We need to put ourselves in their situation. Luke 10, 33, it says, when he saw him, he took pity on him. You know, first his eyes kicked in, but then his heart kicked in. His heart became a part of it. You know, somebody says sympathy begins with your ears. I mean, with your, I mean, sensitivity begins with your eyes, but sympathy begins with your ears. And sometimes you just need to be somebody that they can talk to and that you can listen to them. Galatians chapter 6 verse 2 says, Carry each other's burden, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? Love God and love others. How do you fulfill that law? Carrying each other's burdens. That is so important that you and I have the opportunity to do that and that people can do that to us, you and I. And so I have to think, you know, what would I want if I was in that situation? If that person lost their job, what would I really need right now? What would I need? If that person um, was hurting physically, what, what would I want people to do for me? You need to put yourself in that situation and say, okay, how do I need to respond now? What would I want? God, help me do that. And that's, that's why being in small groups are so important. Because you have the opportunity to have that. And if you aren't in a small group here at Cornerstone, listen, I want to challenge you in 2016, make it a point to get into a small, a small group. And some of you may need to lead a small group. You need to be, be a leader and be able to show that love to other people and be a leader. Say, Sean, Sean, I don't have a degree. You don't need a degree in anything to be a small group leader. You just need ears. You just need to be able to listen. Say, Sean, well, my life is messed up. Well, take that mess up and help somebody else. Because we're all messed up, Amen. Use your mess to identify with the pain of other people. And it's so important. 
And so we need to see it, but we also need to identify with people's pain. So we need to put ourselves in those places and be able to do that. And somebody said, well, Sean, it's not my problem. They, they can do what it, it's their fault. No, no, no. That's not what the body of Christ is all about. You don't get what it means to become part of the family of God. See, listen, when my kids jump on my toe, my whole body feels it. And so when you hurt, I hurt. When you're in pain, I'm in pain. When you're going through lack, I'm going through lack. You understand that? That is what God meant for the body of Christ is that we are in it together. You are not alone, and we have to get that. And the only way we can get that is to have the love of God just permeate in us and through us. That you and I show that love to others, that we identify with their pain. 2 Corinthians 1.4 says this, God comforts and strengthens us in our hardships and trials so that when others are troubled, Needing our sympathy and encouragement, we can pass on to them the the same help and comfort God has given us. So you need to see the need. You need to identify with their their pain. Number three, you need to seize the moment. Don't wait. Don't think about it. Just do something. Luke chapter 10 verse 34 says this, Kneeling beside him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with medicine and bandaged them. He actually did something about it. He didn't just say, well, I I love you and walk along. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'll pray for you later. No, he got down there and helped him. He got a little bit probably dirty. And some of you, in fact, all of us, in 2016 are going to have a chance to do this with people. It's going to be a divine appointment from God. I I believe that God actually tests us in this. Are you going to use the love I gave you the way I tended it for? And he's going to use you for that. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 27 says this, never walk away from someone who deserves help. Your hand, I love this, is God's hand for that person. You ever, you ever realize that? Your hand is God's hand for that person. Never tell your neighbor to wait until tomorrow if you can help them now. So maybe you need to write a note to somebody. Maybe you make a call. Extend that helping hand. And just a warning, it will not come at a convenient time. It's going to be when you're doing something you really want to do. I mean, I mean the good Samaritan, he was probably going somewhere. He, was probably, he wasn't planning this at all. I, I can't wait till I see someone who's been beat up. I mean, it wasn't something that he was planning on, that, oh, this is going to happen on the way to Jericho today. It wasn't an easy trip for him anyway. It was a dangerous road. So you're going to have to overcome some fear to help people. Some uncertainty. You're going to have to take some risk. You're going to have to understand that you may be rejected. 
You may not be able to help. But I love what Peter and John did when they walked through the gate beautiful and the lame man was on the, on the ground begging for money. He says, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I'll give to you. You may not be able to help people completely, but you're going to start the process and help them. Amen? And the fourth thing, what the Samaritan did was do whatever it takes because it costs to show love. It's going to cost you your time. It's going to cost you your resources. It's going to cost you your energy. Luke chapter 10 verse 34 says, Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, and look what he did. He took care of him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and, I, and when I return, I'll reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. The good Samaritan, he did everything he could. It cost him a lot, and far as we know, he didn't get anything in return. And it will cost you, but that's what God has called us to do. 1 John chapter 3, verse 17 says, If anyone has material possessions and see his brother in need, but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Oh, that's pretty strong, isn't it? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with action and in truth. See, it's not enough to say, I love you, 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 and you do nothing. Love is action. It is not an expression. Love is taking your feet and your hands and doing something about somebody's hurt and their pain. So when I say I love people, I'm going to actually show people that love. I'm going to give to them. I'm going to help them in some way. I'm going to give up my time. I'm going to do something. I'm going to do whatever it takes to see that happen. And look what happens when we do this. Isaiah 58 verse 10 says this. And if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the new day. The Lord will guide you always and he will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. Amen? See, God has your back. And when you and I start to love like God tells us to love, we're going to make his kingdom grow more than ever before. Because it's not about you preaching on the street corner. It's about you loving the person around you. It's about helping the needy. So I'm going to decide. I'm going to see people's needs. I'm not going to start rushing around and not see it. And when I see people's need, I'm going to identify them. I'm going to put myself in their place and see what would I want at that time. And then I'm going to seize the moment. I'm going to do something. And then I'm going to do whatever it takes to see them healed, see them refreshed, to see them encouraged. Amen? And see, that's what God wants for us. So, 2016 is here. And I want us to increase in this. We have such giving people, giving of their time, giving of their resources, not just here, but even outward. I, I hear about it all the time. But I want those reports to grow 
and to grow and to grow. Amen? In fact, sometimes we think, well, I have so many needs myself. You know, the best thing for you to do is to get out of your need and help somebody with theirs. And then we'll see something greater happen. And that's what Lisa and I do. When we're hurting, when we're in pain, we go find someone else to pray for. Because I believe that word in Isaiah 58 said, if you spend yourself in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness. Amen? Isn't that true? And your night will become like the noonday. I love that. I'd rather be in the noonday than darkness in any day. And he will satisfy your needs. So this is what I want us to do. I want you to rate yourself. It's not to condemn you, but it's to show us where we're at. On a scale of one through five, where are you at? Are you a one? Or maybe a two or three or four? Usually this is what happens. You'll rate yourself one level. Then you need to ask everybody else around you to rate you. And that's probably the truth, okay? Because we always, I don't care who you are, I'm like that. I'm going to rate myself better, aren't you? Isn't that right? Is that how we do it? And so ask other people. But just know if you rate yourself your four, you're probably a three. Don't even try rating yourself a five, okay? You may be. I'm not saying that you're not, but. But rate yourself so we know where we need to improve on. And you'll go through the list. And do I see the needs of others or am I just too busy about myself? Well, if, you're, if you rate yourself low, if you're really low in this, you, you know you're very selfish and you need to die to yourself. Amen? Selfishness always leads to destruction in your life. Will always because you're never satisfied with it. Because when your focus is on self, you never get enough. You'll never, you're never happy enough. And so you have to change everything to make it right. And it never works. So the best thing for you to do is die to yourself and ask God to live in you. So see the needs of others where you're at. Where are you at at identifying the pain? I mean, are you apathetic? Are you saying, well, it's their fault they get in that? Or are you going to put yourself in that situation? What would I want? What would I want to happen? And then you need to see the, seize the moment. Rate yourself on that. Do you, do you act immediately or do you just wait and wait and wait till it's kind of forgotten or you hope somebody else does it before you have to maybe god's called you you know it's a blessing to help you know what way we should be on that that number three fighting to get to that person to help them 
I'm going to get there first. That should be our struggle in a church, is that I'm going to be the one who helps them first before anybody else, you know? I'm going to fight the other per- people to get there, get in line, you know? Instead of, well, hopefully they'll, someone will come along, you know? Seize the moment. And number four, do whatever it takes. Rate yourself in that. Do you do whatever it takes or you do just enough to get by? Oh, I'll just say hi to them or I tell my I told him I was praying for him. And you forgot to pray. So how are you? Well, let's just close our eyes and let's ask the Lord. Lord, how are we right now? Father, as we uh, move into 2016, we want to do better. And we want to help people. We want to be a, be a body that helps one another and helps others, Lord, and shows the love of God. And, and Father God, just show us where we need to improve on, Lord, in Jesus' name. And Father, I just thank you, God, God that uh, you give us the capacity to love others. And some of us really need prayer that we, we do face difficult people and sometimes it's hard. And some of us have needs, our own selves, and it's hard to focus outside of those needs. And so, Father, it's, it's, it's hard. And even to make sacrifices to do that is hard. And so, Father God, just give us that heart. Show us how we can change. And how we can move up that scale, Lord, and be like Jesus. And Father, we just thank you for that. That we want to be like the Good Samaritan. We don't want to walk by. We want to stop and do all that we can. In Jesus' name. And I thank you for that. I thank you for this body that we, we do a lot together. We do a lot out in this community Father God, just help us increase. Help us be more like you, Jesus, where we see the needs of others. We don't walk by. We identify with their pain, that we seize the moment, and we do whatever it takes, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And I just thank you for them. Father God, just help us. Show us practical ways we can move forward. In Jesus' name. And as we begin 2016 and begin this 21 days of prayer and fasting, Lord, Father God, you change us to be more like you in every single area, Lord. And we thank you, God. We bless you. Everyone's eyes closed. No one looking around, please. And, you know, God is here for you and you've been sitting there and you do feel empty. You feel that you need something more. And the first verse I, I read was talking about the, all the love of God that he brought to us in his son, Jesus. That Jesus died for all of us. He took our sin, everything that we've done wrong on himself. So you and I can have love, forgiveness, hope, and a future. And God wants to become your father. He wants to come into your life and fill the void that you're filling in your life right now that emptiness that you're feeling. You've been sitting there, do you know 
what I'm talking about. You know that you, there must be more to life than what I've lived so far. And what you need to do today is just to, to say, God, I give you my life. I receive all that you've got done for me. And then he'll come into your life and he'll fill that empty void and he'll start a relationship with you. God, the creator of the universe, will start a relationship with you today. So if that's you and you want to do that, I want to pray with you right where you're at. So I just ask that you would raise your hand right where you're at. Okay, and you can put your hands down. Anybody else? This is Pastor Sean, that's me. You can raise your hand and put it right down. Okay. Thank you. Anybody else? Okay, thank you. Okay, thank you. Because God wants to come into your life today. He wants to give you that love, that unconditional love that, that, be honest with you, brings me to my knees every time I think about it. Okay, put your hands down. It's such a great love. Anybody else? It's Pastor Sean, that's me. Thank you, Lord. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray a prayer. And I want you to repeat after me. In fact, everyone in this building will repeat this prayer after me. And the Bible says, when you confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you will be saved. That means you, you will be forgiven. The love of God will be there. You will have a relationship with God. All your past is gone. Today is a new day. He'll come into your life and make it new. Will your problems go all away? No, there's probably going to still be there, but he'll be a way out of your problems. And this will be a new beginning, a new life for you today. So I want everyone to repeat this prayer after me and mean it with your heart. And God's going to come to you, meet you right where you're at, and he's going to flood you with his love right now. So everybody pray this prayer after me. Say, Father God, I give you my life. I give you all that I am. And I thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me, taking my sin upon himself, taking the punishment that I deserved so that I might live. And so today, I confess you, Jesus as my Lord and Savior, you are now the boss of my life. And from this day forward, I will live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give the Lord praise, amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> amen. Listen, for all of you who raised your hand, there was over 10 of you. God's going to do something great inside of you, but it's just the beginning, and he gets better and better and better. I did this a long time ago, and I've never looked back and regretted it, and I've always been thankful. But this is what we'd ask you to do. We want to pray with you, and we want to send you some information on what's the next steps for you, okay? And so if you, on your connection card, everybody can get out your bulletin, on your connection card... Um, is some information we would need just to send you some information. You can do it by email or you can do it by um, uh, just on your regular home address. You can fill that out and there's a box to check that says, I gave my life to Jesus. Check that box. 
And uh, what we're going to do, we're going to pray with you this week. We're going to send you some information because it's one of the greatest things you've ever done. You may not realize it completely yet, but as you continue to go through it, you're going to see some great, happen, great things happen. And now you're a part of the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. Come on, give the Lord praise again. Amen. He's so well, so awesome. Amen. Now listen, this is what I want you to do. I want you to be praying this week. And just asking the Lord, you know, what you can fast, how he's going to change you. You all need changing, amen? Every one of us need changing. And how you can show the love of God, okay? I want you to go through this week and go through those four things and ask the Lord to help you see the need, identify with the pain, uh, seize the moment, and do whatever it takes, amen? And uh, see those things. And read Luke chapter 10. Read the, the story of the, of the Good Samaritan, okay? Over and over again. And see what the Lord will do in you and through you. Because listen, I bet this is what's going to happen. You're going to have an opportunity, amen? You know, every time I preach something, I have the opportunity for what I preached about. So if I preach on love, I have an opportunity to love people. And listen, and the opportunity wasn't easy, okay? So you'll always have an opportunity. I do it every time. I, I'm going to have an opportunity, I know, to, to follow these saints because God holds me accountable to what I preach, you know, to make sure I do it. And so you're going to have the same thing. You know that. And just see the need and watch God moving. And trust me, you'll be happier when you do that. Amen? Amen. Let's give Bill a hand as he comes and uh, cl close out our service today.